Welcome in to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. We're the podcast for Vol Basketball fans everywhere. We bring you discussions, debates, and the latest news on the Vols and Lady Vols basketball programs. Hello everyone and welcome in to another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. I am Nathaniel Rutherford and I am joined again by a special guest because Tennessee keeps having more news and new additions to the roster. So I wanted to uh, I want to bring on a, a special guest every time that happens. This time I have head coach high school head coach of Liberty Heights Athletic Institute coach Michael Wright to talk about Tennessee's newest commitment, elite big man Jonas Adu. He committed to Tennessee on Wednesday, I think afternoon. He was previously committed to Marquette, committed to them in December. Decommitted in late March uh, with the the coaching changes happening at Marquette, and then he was already considering Tennessee at that point back in uh, in the winter as one of his top teams. Ended up committing to Marquette, and now Tennessee ultimately gets Jonas Adu to commit uh, to the Vols here, in large part I think because Tennessee hired the his main recruiter at Marquette, Justin Ganey, as an assistant coach. Uh, to Tennessee staff. So Rick Barnes goes out and we mentioned it last podcast with Gene Henley and I hired Justin Ganey as the second assistant coach replacing uh, Des Oliver. So he, he joins Rod Clark as the two new assistant coaches on Tennessee staff for this uh, upcoming season. And we mentioned in that podcast that he had connection to Jonas Adu and that Tennessee seemed to be trending you know pretty well there in the right direction with all the other moves uh, happening across the SEC, across college basketball with big men um, at you know at UNC at Gonzaga at Auburn and all these different places, yeah, Tennessee was in need of getting a big man, whether it was a transfer or or, or you know one in the in the uh, 21 class, and they got one. Jonas Adu, he is a borderline five star prospect on Rivals. And if you go to our Twitter account at Vol Hoops Fever, uh, we retweeted a article from Rivals that broke down Adu's commitment and gave it a pretty glowing. Um, description of him. I think he's a guy that in their next rivals evaluation of the 21 class, there's a chance I don't, think, I don't know if he will, but there's a chance he gets that fifth star, but he's a consensus top 100 prospect on the 247 Sports composite ranking he's a number 60 overall player, number 7 center, and number 1 recruit in the state of North Carolina and in the regular 247 Sports rankings, he's number 80 overall, so consensus top 100, the composite almost a top 50 prospect and of course a top 35 prospect, I think number 33 overall in rivals. 6'11", 7 foot, depending on where you're looking at, uh, which service you're looking at, 215 pounds. Uh, not only obviously held offer from Marquette and committed to them, also had offers from Alabama, Clemson, which still big time in, in basketball too. Uh, Georgia, Kansas, Miami, NC State, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Providence, Pittsburgh, Rutgers, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Wichita State, to name a few. He ended up with almost two dozen offers um, and he picked up I think four more after his decommitment from Marquette now he's committed to Tennessee he gives Tennessee their th- uh, fourth pledge excuse me in the 21 class he joins uh, the most recent commitment of I think a week and a half ago at this point of Quentin DeBonje who we interviewed his head coach from high school as well uh, those two have both committed in the past week Kennedy Chandler and J- Jemai Meshack signed with Tennessee in the 21 class, and actually Quentin signed with Tennessee on Wednesday as well. So you have all kinds of news, this time positive news for Tennessee, um, of additions to the roster, additions to the 21 class, and 
well, I'm hopefully we'll have some more good news here in the coming days and weeks for Tennessee basketball as well. But I want to sit down and talk with head coach Michael Wright of uh, Liberty Heights Athletic Institute where Jonas Adu played this past year and let Vol fans kind of get a feel of what Jonas is bringing to this 21 class for Tennessee and talk about his offensive defensive game, you know, who he is off the court, who he is on the court, kind of the recruitment process of him. Uh, I think Vol fans will like what they hear uh, from coach Wright here. And I'm very appreciative of his time on the podcast here. You can find us everywhere podcasts are found. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and on the Podbean app as well. So if you have a way of listening to podcasts, you should be able to find us pretty easy. On others, if you haven't seen the links that I have on our social media, just search for Vol Basketball Fever on your podcatcher app of choice. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Vol Hoops Fever on Twitter. Vol Basketball Fever on Facebook. We almost have 500 likes on Facebook. That's uh, Thank you all so much for that. Really, really, really appreciate that. Inching up towards 450 followers on Twitter. So again, may not seem like a lot or, you know, to, to many of you, but starting from the ground up with this thing, I'm very appreciative of the support that you guys have shown us and on social media and, and just questions and comments and things like that. You give me and Gene on social media as well. Be on the lookout. Hopefully, we'll be adding a Lady Vols podcast soon. So be on the lookout for that. More details, hopefully, to come in the future. But without further ado, I want to go ahead and get to my interview here with Coach Michael Wright uh, of Liberty Heights Athletic Institute, the head coach and high school ranks of Jonas Adu, Tennessee's newest commit. Hope you guys enjoy the interview. I am joined by another special guest for this episode, Coach Michael Wright. He's the head coach of the Liberty Heights Athletic Institute basketball team, and he's also the head coach of the high school ranks of Jonas Edu, Tennessee's latest commit in the 2021 class, a highly rated prospect, almost a five-star on Rivals, a top 100 consensus player at four-star, and according to 247 Sports, I believe Rivals also, the number one prospect out of the state of North Carolina, uh, his home town is Charlotte, North Carolina. So I want to bring on his high school head coach, Coach Wright, to talk about what Tennessee is getting, what Vol fans should expect. So, Coach, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hi, hi. Good for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Absolutely. To be here. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very happy to have you here. I'm sure Vol fans are very happy to hear, very intrigued to hear what you have to say about the latest Tennessee commit. So let's get right down into it here. I know uh, Jonas had a relationship and had considered the balls pretty heavily uh, back in, I believe, uh, you know, the late fall, winter of 2020 before he committed to Marquette, obviously decommitted to Marquette, and now, as of Wednesday, has committed to Tennessee in the 21 class. In your opinion, Coach, what helped Tennessee win out this time? I, I know, obviously, they went and hired his his main recruiter at Marquette, and Ganey added him to the step. Justin Ganey is an assistant coach. Is it was that a really big factor, or was it more than just that that you know really helped Tennessee win out in the end here? Um, in my honest, uh, honest uh, opinion, and, and and being in the, in the circle and the decision making process for Jonas, Tennessee had a, a a strong chance back back in October when they offered, but um, what happened was they was expecting an offer or something. It, it was it was kind of mixed up where the offer was there. And then I got a call that someone was going to be taking the offer, like someone else would be committing there or something like that. And they just didn't have the offer um, on the table. So they was always very high on Jonas' list just by, you know, the track record of uh, Coach Rick Barnes himself and the players that he's coached. Um, 
with you know with Kevin Durant and Lamarcus Aldridge and Tristan Thompson and and uh, of course you know Miles Turner who a lot of people who've seen uh, Jonas play has compared uh, Jonas to as Miles Turner. I'm glad you brought that up. I was, I'm going to bring that up again later on in this interview. So just keep that in mind, Vol fans. That that's a, that is he's right. I've seen several people liken Jonas to Miles Turner, who you know Rick Barnes recruited at Texas and who's been in the league for a while. So I'll, I'll come back around to that. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, right. Yeah, mentioning it, it, going back to his recruitment, um, I, I noticed. I think it was one of the rivals writers had mentioned, you know, that like a year ago or so, um, that Jonas wasn't even ranked, and now he's suddenly you know, knocking on the door, potentially being a five-star, at least on rivals. And is like I said, a consensus top 100, almost top 50 player on, on two four seven and things like that too. In your opinion, what has, you know, what led to his kind of recruitment blowing up? Did he just really develop this, this past year? You know, what, what really helped him kind of burst onto the scene and, and start rising up these rankings and start getting more and more attention? Um, to be honest, a lot of people just didn't know the backstory. Jonas was always young for his grade. So he was a seven-footer um, who was a, a 16-year-old senior before reclassifying. Mm. Um, so I think it just – he had to grow into his body. Um, and then also people don't look at the mental aspect of the game also. He just had to become more confident. He worked hard. He trained a ton with uh, Coach Anthony Simmons, who was his uh, coach at that time and AAU coach at that time. and. Now and his trainer now is more so uh, is is Jonas' biggest mentor in his life um, outside of you know his immediate family. But um, I think it just comes from like Jonas Ben had the skill set. He's he's he Ben was able to shoot the three. He has really good hands and things like that. But a lot of people didn't see him, and then when they saw him because he didn't play on the circuit, when they saw him, if you see a seven foot kid and he don't do what you think he should be doing you start passing judgment. So I just think a couple, I just think, I'm trying to think, like, I just feel like he was always good. I really believe that because if you, when I met Jonas uh, last year, um, it was during this pandemic when everybody was pretty much shut down. Jonas wasn't able to work out. He wasn't able to get in the gyms and it wasn't only Jonas. It was almost really no one. Um, and then he went on to play with Curry, and then boom, out of nowhere, all of a sudden he just started dominating. Um, and he was playing well versus some some kids with some some big names and some some big recruitment to go along with it. So I just feel like the overall confidence, uh, the overall his mind became stronger within the game. He his IQ of the game became better. Um, but I, I just I don't understand how. You know how this time last year he only had two offers, um, but I would applaud that to his, his, his you know, he, he did work hard in this last year. And I want to applaud him on that to go from, you know, two offers to not being ranked to ranked. And, and, and we'll see how he finished with it. Would he get that next star? I think he's deserving of that next star. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, and speaking of his recruitment, last year before we get into you know, him on the court and, and what kind of player he is, you mentioned you know that his recruitment you know really didn't get to pick up until recently. But it seemed like, at least judging from his uh, his Twitter and, and stuff like that, that once he decommitted from Marquette in late March, 
you know, for the last couple of weeks, it seems like his recruitment really blew up. Were you guys having to, you know, was, was he and, and you are having to field a lot of phone calls and stuff from a lot of different teams? You know, what was that like over the last couple of weeks after he made the announcement he was backing off his Marquette pledge? No, no, he, I would, I mean, he had, he played for a great AAU organization this mm-hmm. summer um, in Team Curry. And I think once he got the Clemson offer, I think Jonas topped out at like 21 offers, 22 offers before we cut it to 10. We decided to cut it to 10. And then after, you know, when he reopened it, I think we heard from like uh, West Virginia, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I'm trying to think of new new teams. Yeah, going through his Twitter, it seems like Oklahoma, Texas A&M, West Virginia, Oklahoma State were all the, the four teams at least that he publicly put yeah. out there had offered him. Yeah, and and then some of them, you know, that was already recruiting them, they reached out and, mm-hmm. you know, whether, you know, we displaced it, you know, we feel like uh, we want to go in a different direction, so. Okay, well, let's get to some on-the-court stuff here with Jonas because I think he's a, an extremely intriguing uh, prospect and really good player that Tennessee's gotten. Obviously, the <laughs> I think the rankings reflect that as well. Uh, I'm going to get to some more kind of details here about his offensive and defensive game, but just kind of overall, what would you? How would you describe Jonas? Because um, you know, I, I, I've, I've obviously we just mentioned is kind of described as a, a Michael or a, a, a Miles Turner type of guy that you know Rick Barnes recruited at Texas, and again has been in the NBA for a while now. Before we get to some of the details, what would you say Jonas is like overall as a player? I think Jonas overall, one word to describe Jonas is a winner. He loves winning. Um, he understands what what winning does for everyone on the team. So he, he just want to focus on the wins. If you ask him right now about individual stuff, he, he wouldn't even know. But if you look at just in the last year or so what is – win record is it's like we won 24 games and only lost three mm-hmm. and i want to say curry only lost i think curry might have been only lost four games and won like 30 and how it goes to say he was you know the best player on on both of these teams so you know Jonas just he's just a winner um some of the things that he can do on the court you know uh, i think the most underrated one is his hands Jonas has great hands. Uh, he catches passes. Um, he, he can finish around the rim with either hand, tap-ins, um, dunks, finish through traffic with the right or the left hand. Um, and his ability, again, to just catch the ball through traffic, like go from a screen to a dive to a catch and to a finish is, is, is very, very hard for bigs, but he does that uh, uh, very well without any hesitation of, of – uh, worrying about what a defender and he just it's just second nature catch turn finish like a lot of bees you see them guards give it up too early they'll walk or they'll fumble it out of bounds or something like that but with Jonas we don't get that now we all know like he can shoot the three that's one of the things that you know he can really really shoot it I think he finished in like 41 percent this year from three um I think he made close to like 32 threes this year on the season Hmm. um uh, he got really good ball handling um, this year. We had him bring the ball up the court to help um, help break the pressure. It was times where I think we played in the semifinals of the state championship. Well, no, we played in the uh, quarterfinals, and I had him uh, being the first person that we inbound the ball to to break the press um, just because we wanted to get it over the top of the defense and be able to attack and finish. 
he's he's a jack of all trades, man. Like he, he can just do a lot of different things with that size um, on the offensive end. A lot of different things. Yeah, you kind of answered the next question I had, and that was about you know his offensive skill set and his ability because I've seen different people talk about his ability to kind of stretch the floor, uh, you know, be able to hit those those jump shots and those threes. So you kind of answered that. It, it seems like from your description, he's a great kind of hitting the threes as a trail big or, you know, a guy that can pop out to the post if, if you know, there's switching and things like that happening. So I'll, I'll ask kind of more about his 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 post presence there. You mentioned he feels comfortable getting passes and, and putting up a shot. So is he is he comfortable playing with his back to the basket? You know, does, does he have a lot of post moves, hook shots, and, and things like that he can in his repertoire he can use? Jones has a lot of post moves. Um, the one he likes to go to is the the right the right shoulder turn with the left hand finish. But he got a lot of different moves that he can do in the post. He has the uh, the footwork where he can go to the shot fake up and unders. He can go he can go into the post and reverse spin back to him and go to the opposite hand. He can catch it and jab step and shoot over the top. And then we started working on this year, like what happens when teams bring the double team and he does a great job with, with uh, shooting the fade over the double team, like catching it, turn, turn, attack the trap baseline and, and shoot the fade away. A lot of the stuff in, uh, in the post, again, like I said, Jonas had a lot of the skill set already prior to coming to Liberty Heights. It's just more so like even now at 18, he still got to work on it. And, and improve it. So that's that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I, a lot of players coming up high school, uh, especially big men, aren't you know as polished as they can be offensively. That makes a lot of sense. But it sounds like he has a lot of skills to build off of, and and has already you know pretty good offensive tools that he's going to bring to Tennessee in his first year mm-hmm. there. Uh, switching to well, actually, I, one more question I was going to ask you specifically to his offense. Um, what would you say he does best? And what would you say is the, you know, you mentioned he has things to work on. What would you say that you think he still needs to work on to take his game to the next level? So what's he do best and what does he need to, you know, improve on to take his game to that next step at Tennessee? Continue to get stronger. Continue to gain experience. Um, I would like to see him continue, like I just said, get stronger um, and be more uh, vocal. You know. Okay. What about what about do you think he does best on offense? Uh, what he does best? Oh, stretch the floor, uh, protect. I mean, uh, on offense, finish like when guards go up and 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 try to make layups and things like that. He know where the rebounds come. Mm-hmm. Like he has that ability to put it back because he knows where the ball coming out. You know, he can he can really hawk it and see, like, the ball may come off the left. He's already there tapping. Ball come off to the wrap, type in. He got so many uh, put-back dunks and put-back tap-ins this year, and it wasn't like nobody wasn't boxing him out. It just his anticipation of where the ball is going to go was – that's, that's I mean, that's just second to none with him. Like, that just comes – that comes easy to him. Great. That's what you want to hear about a big, a big man, a 6'11", 7-foot guy. That's what you want to hear, that they, they have that – that awareness for rebounding. I know for me growing up, I, you know, I didn't play basketball for very long, but I, I did play growing up and my dad was, and I, I myself are a big Celtics fan. And he would always talk about with Larry Bird, obviously he wasn't a, a big post player, but Larry Bird always had that knack of watching the ball, knowing the ricochet, knowing where it's going to you know bounce off and, and following it and tracking it to get the rebounds, even off his own missed shots. Yep. So I, I know from just that growing up that, you know, 
that's huge and for having a post player have that type of ability uh, that's that's what you want a post player to have uh, switching to defense here is Jonas uh, he looked at his stats I think he had like three blocks per game this year you mentioned that some stuff about his defense as well would you would you classify him kind of as a rim protector does he have the footwork and the mobility to you know jump out and, and guard on the perimeter on switches and, and you know yeah. those guards driving off of pick and rolls and stuff coming into the paint is he able to absorb that contact and, and defend the rim really well that way yes uh, he's a very good rim protector um, and one one I would like to say is like I believe he's a good reputator because a lot of the Euros and things like that, he can do them himself offensively. So mm-hmm. as you're attacking him, he already know what you're going to do before you do it. Um, because, again, again, going back to his offense, his ability to do certain things that big is like he know what the guard is going to do. So it's like what I would do in this moment. So he protects the rim that well versus guards. And he also protects the rim far as high-flying wings, um, knowing where they at, knowing how to block shots, knowing which hand to block it with. And he's not going for the embarrassing block. He's going for the block uh, just to gain the possession. Uh, he's not trying to block it all the way into the stands and stare you down. He's just trying to block it, get the rebound, and lead to a transition out of it. This year, we, he, had a, he had a big play where he blocked the shot, he kept it, pushed it to the length of the floor, and then dunked it. You know, a lot of seven-footers and stuff like that, they want to block it and embarrass the opponent. He just wanted to block it and get the ball and go score, you know. But, yes, he's 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 very known for uh, being a great rim protector um, as far as defense, as uh, far as him switching out. This summer he had a matchup where he had to guard uh, Dontre Styles. Um, he did a fairly good job, job guarding him around the perimeter. And then this year, you know, we switched ball screens a lot. And he had to switch out on Keontae George and different different guards. I don't want to call names and stuff like that but different guards he had to switch out and sit down and move his feet and keep him in front um but he, he did really good at that but you know we know he going in the SCC and he got to get better he got to get better he got to get better on all on all phases of the game he has to continue to prove prove and prove and prove yeah there are a lot of quick athletes in the SEC and that is not just in football yep. that's in basketball too there are a ton that's of right. athletic guys in, on the and, perimeter and in the post yep that's right. I totally agree. It sounds like to me, and, and I'd mentioned this to you before we recorded here and, and questions I'd sent beforehand, I, I don't know if you'd really have had a chance to watch or you know watch much Tennessee basketball a few years ago or not, but, but Tennessee had a center on the roster by a, a name of Kyle Alexander, who was uh, 6'11", um, you know, not the, the biggest guy as far as like weight-wise, but he was a guy who could run the floor, protect the rim, and could square on the basket. I think he would average somewhere um, around 7-8 points, 7-8 rebounds, and about two blocks a game or something like that. Um, it sounds to me a lot like what you've described with, with Jonas of what he is going to be able to contribute as a freshman. It sounds like he can do that. So I, I'm curious, you know, is he does he have the, the stamina, the athleticism to kind of run up, run up and down the court? Is he is he comfortable in a fast-paced offense, or does you know do you think he would work better in more of like a half court style of offense. Uh, I'm very familiar with Kyle. As mm. an assistant coach a few years ago, we I coached against him. Mm. He was on the team with Jamal Murray. Uh, yep. Up there, absolutely institute out of Canada, and 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 I think Jonas has a lot of. Uh, they I, I think they're very similar. Being able to run the floor, um, and again to finish above the rim, finishing traffic. Uh, I think Kyle is a little bit faster. Than Jonas, but Jonas, we we play fast, and you know, man, he had to keep up with our style of play, and 
Stephen Curry had uh, probably one of the, if not fastest point guards in the state, uh, and the kid Jamar Thomas going to UNC Wilmington, he kept up with the pace of him. I don't, I don't feel like Jonas was struggling with a fast pace at all, um, especially not because if if he get fast and he's trailing, then you're gonna have to know where he at because I just, I just said he hit like 30, 31 to thirty two threes this year. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So now, and in the slow pace. He has a good feel. He has a good IQ. So, like a slow place game, he understands like possessions. He understands situations. Who should have the ball? When should the shot be taken? He understands all that. So, if Coach Barnes want to play fast, he can play fast. If Coach Barnes, you know, decides that he want to limit the next team's possessions and slow it down and look to attack under ten seconds on the shot clock, he can do that as well. He understands both styles of play. Perfect. That's great. That, that being versatile. Um, is invaluable <laughs> in in the, in college, especially, and really, you know, moving into the league too. It's if you're a big man and you're comfortable playing any style of offense or any style of play, that's that's huge. Um, yes. Uh, there, there's I, th- I think one more question about him on the court before I ask a couple of the last questions here in the podcast. And again, I, I really appreciate you coming on here, Coach. Um, oh no, no, it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, obviously, like... you don't know. You know. Tennessee's roster inside and out, and, and you just you only uh, you know only know Jonas and what he's going to bring to the table. But from your coaching him and seeing him and, and where he is in his development, you know, in your estimation and your opinion, how ready do you think he is to come in and you know not be a, a you know a thirty minute a night type of guy, but a, a, a contributor? You know, what, what do you think his contributions will be, kind of immediately? Because obviously he's going to I think he's going to develop and I think he's going to develop into a, a very good player. But how ready do you think he is to come in and play for Tennessee in his freshman season? I think he's ready. I think he's ready. I think he's, uh, I think a lot of that uh, uh, starts with, you know, <laughs> how hungry you are. And he got a chip on his shoulder. He's got a lot of – a lot of. Uh, he's seen both sides, like you just said earlier in the conversation. He was not ranked. So he's not taking none of this for granted. He understands, you know, how, how it feels to – to be loved and he understands how to not be loved as much far as the basketball world. Um, so I feel like he's going to be ready from day one. Um, of course he got to get with the strength training coach. Um, we met last night again with him and get with him and get stronger and learn how to eat and all those good things. And then, you know, just learn the, the system and stuff like that. But I think he'll be ready. I think you say he may not be ready for 30 minutes, it's, it's whatever Coach Bond needs. If, mm-hmm. if Coach Bond needs 30 minutes, he'll be ready to give him 30 minutes. If Coach Bond needs him for 12 minutes, then I, I, I want to see his plus minus in those 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, it sounds like on the court, Tennessee's getting you know a very promising player and, and, and a you know, very talented uh, prospect. But I'm, I'm also curious about off the court because uh, Rick Barnes has been known for recruiting you know very upstanding young men. And I, I would imagine... Jonas is the same way. So, what can Vol fans expect, you know, from a personality standpoint from Jonas, and what kind of person is he off the court? Uh, Jonas is, is is a great kid. His mother did a fine job with raising him. Um, comes from a hardworking family, hardworking mother. Um, very humble, very very humble. Um, and and what what Tennessee is getting is is a young man like he respects everyone all the way down to the ball boys, to the janitors, cafeteria workers. He, he just – he just everyone on that campus is going to know. Not everyone, but a large 
uh, population of the campus is going to know Jonas, and it's not going to be just because he's seven foot. Um, <laughs> it's because he he's he he got a caring heart. Um, he's just a great kid. He's he's by far one of the best kids I ever coached off the court. He was never late to practice, never complained. Uh, we went and our sister coach came up with a great idea this year, Coach Johnson, and I uh, wanted to go down to the to the homeless uh, and 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 just pass out some things for them to have. And and he didn't. Not none of the guys shot away, but he really jumped in there with that. Just a great kid, man. And and, and, and far as the entertainment uh, part, he's he, he's like five hundred and something fans on TikTok, uh, followers on TikTok, not fans, follow, followers on TikTok. Um, bright personality. Uh, you know, once you get once you get comfortable, right? He likes to dance and <laughs> he likes to do a lot of good things, man. And his. His favorite animal, I don't know if you know, is a giraffe. Uh, his nickname is the giraffe. Um, I, I thought so from seeing Coach Ganey's tweet. I, I thought it yeah. had something to do with it, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 big on giraffes. Um, um, so, I mean, this this kid is, you know, you know, sometimes you get the top the top kids, man. They 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 just they don't have the they don't really get get it, but he gets mm. it. He gets it. Um, he gets it. Great young man. I'm going to miss coaching him, but I get to see him on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome to hear. And last question here, and I, I think all fans will be interested to hear this answer too. Seems like a, a fantastic guy off the court. Seems like a, a really good kid off the court. But I'm curious. Mm-hmm. It, he has that. Seems like he's very nice and very, like you said, humble and caring off the court. How is he on the court? Is he a, is he a, is he like a bulldog on the court? Is he, does he have that tenacity on the court? Because I think looking at Tennessee this year, I think. Uh, this past season, they kind of, in my opinion, lacked a little bit of that kind of um, that push, that kind of mentality of, you know, I'm just going to go take this from you. This is this is the I'm going to take this game and, and take it over. I'm not saying that Jonas is a guy who feels like he has to take the game over and, and be everything for the team. But I, I'm curious, you know, Tennessee has a lot of nice guys off the court right now. And I think that's that's great. That's that's not a bad thing at all. But I think they need a little bit more of that fight on the court. So does Jonas bring that type of fight on the court? Jonas is a solid killer. Um, you know, he had 22 offers. His rankings went up like 70-something positions. A lot of people came at Jonas. A lot of people pulled the antics and mm. tried to talk and get under his skin. He stays focused. Um, same humble kid he is off the court. He's humbled on the court. He's not going to get a dunk and get a tech or do all this, do all that stuff, man. He's just going to stay locked in on what his assignment is. Um, and you, you'll see. Like, he loves celebrating his, his teammates more. So to celebrate myself, you want to <laughs> Jonas may dunk on somebody or do something, and it's like they just clapping his hands. But if his teammate dunk on somebody and do something, it's like he he's more excited about that. Like he had a crazy dunk this year, showed no emotion. Now one dunk he did get, and he got fired up because the guy was really trying to get under his skin. Hmm. But it was a dunk his teammate ended up getting. It. He come running all the way down the court, hyped up, <laughs> you know. But uh, he's not a he's not no kid that's you know he, he's not Kevin Garnett he's more uh, uh, modern day Tim Duncan uh, mm-hmm. modern day uh, Lamarcus Aldridge kind of even killed throughout the game you don't when you watch him you won't you won't think he's playing really great or you won't think he's playing really bad you can't really read read his body language but but he's only 18 years old so <laughs> three months from now we may say well coach you did an interview and you said it now he's beating on his chest he's doing this so you don't know he's still coming into himself but uh, the coach that I coached uh, 
the kid that I uh, coached and the young man I've seen, uh, Coach Simmons coach, he just and, and Coach Fraser coach, he just was just even kill. Even kill never got too high, never got too low. Yeah, I think you made a very important important point there about you know these guys coming in as freshmen. They're just eighteen. Some cases uh-huh. seventeen. Some cases nineteen. But they're they're still young. That are like you said, they don't they haven't figured themselves out fully. And I think a lot of people uh-huh. expect. Even I mean, even juniors and seniors in college don't. You know, I I, I would remember being twenty one, twenty two. I I didn't know myself fully then. I mean, I, that was that was years ago. And I, I I even now like feel like I know myself a lot better than I did was in college. So that's a very good point that you brought up, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and speaking of, of his personality, it sounds like he is going to fit in perfectly with Tennessee's other seven footer on the roster because Tennessee has a seven footer in Urosh Plashvik, who every time you look over the bench this season, if if a, a teammate did something even remotely good. He was over there screaming, clapping, and hooting and hollering mm-hmm. for his teammates. But when he was on the court, you know, if he did something, he was pretty even keel about it. But it sounds like Jonas is going to get along with Urosh because Urosh was uh, dubbed by Vol fans as the best teammate in America because yeah. he was always yep. ready to celebrate his teammates. Yeah, that's right. And you got to be that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, lo- a lot of people uh, credit us on our culture as a whole. And I, and I, and I just tell them, you know, when we compete and – we have four months to get prepared or three months to get prepared for the season. I always tell them, like, we're only competing against each other to make each other better, you know. And, and, and they, they bought into that. And we finished out 24-3, and three and we fell short in the state title game. Um, and uh, a large part of our success was them buying into that. And it's, it's easy when, when the best guy kind of buys into it, you know. The guy that has the most, you know. And he bought into it from day one. So I think with Rick Barnes, like, I am excited to see um, because, you know, we're younger guys, but our basketball history, myself, Coach Simmons, Coach Johnson, uh, our basketball history kind of go far back, far, far, far back. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how Rick Barnes is going to develop Jonas. Because <laughs> I, I, I know I, don't, I, got, I got some stories, you know, some stories I know about Rick Barnes and how he loves practice and how he loves being the team. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, him develop him and, and just to see because it's it's still a lot there. I, I don't think Jonas is 65% of what he's going to be. Well, Coach, I have yeah. to get you back on to just share some stories about Rick Barnes because I think that would be a fun podcast to listen to for fans, and I'd love to hear some of those stories. But uh, yeah. I, I do think for now I'll, I'll go ahead and let you go because I, I've taken up a lot of your time tonight. And I, I'm very appreciative of you uh, coming on here and talking about uh, Jonas Adu, Tennessee's newest commit, and what he brings to Tennessee and what ball fans should expect. So, Coach, I, again, thank you so much for coming on here. You've been a, a joy to talk to, and I hope our listeners thought so as well. All right, thank you so much. And uh, what is it, Rocky Top? <laughs> Rocky Top. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Coach. All right, no doubt.